Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, here's Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. You know, as we look back on predictions of 2018... We have to call me Nostradamus because a lot of people were saying in the draft, while we're still talking about that, um, they were projecting Baker Mayfield as the third best quarterback in last year's draft. Many experts were. Many people here were predicting he was the third best. Um, now he may be, and I think will be, NFL Rookie of the Year. As he should. Yeah. Um, I actually heard a guy on NFL Network today say he's voting for him. Um, I knew, I knew this was coming, but this is, this was the 2018 draft, our live broadcast at Jersey's. Sean found this, and I wanted to play it. With the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Yes, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Wait, who was that? Uh, I wanted proof. <laughs> well, also, they, I, when you go to your webpage yeah. after the show today, and you go look at hour two, the picture of you, I believe, is at the draft because it's you wearing a hat, and on that hat is a picture of Baker, of Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Yes, I did. I did. I wore that proudly from the very beginning. Um, yeah, that. That we'll get into. Yeah, my my prediction was way wrong. I was thinking it was Bradley Chubb, then what quarterback no. was available for? They needed and a quarterback. They yeah. needed a quarterback. And and the other one, Denzel Ward. I didn't. I, I will say this. I wanted Bradley Chubb. Right. Uh, and so I thought, whoa, that came out of nowhere. But John Dorsey saw something in him, and here he is, all pro. Yeah. First year. I mean, unbelievable. John Dorsey has earned um, my respect, has earned kind of a pass, has earned, you know, his selection of a head coach. I'm not going to question it. Right. I'm not going to question it. He, uh, he, I mean, a lot of people don't realize he helped build Kansas City. Oh, yeah. And Kansas City is the best team in the AFC yeah. right now. He, he didn't help build it. I think he was a major part of it. It is, uh, by the way, it's 35 degrees outside. You're looking for a high today of 49 degrees, partly sunny and mild. I, You know, again, I listen to J. David Russ's news. I, I don't just blow that off time, folks. I listen to what he has to say. 
because he keeps us updated on on all the local, all the all the latest news here on Saturday mornings. And he was talking about the pay raises to uh, local to county officials, state officials, elected officials. He was talking about all that, um, and I found it interesting that they're getting you know they're they're getting pay increases. The minimum wage actually is going up. It actually did go up effective January 1st. Um, but it only went up, I guess, I'm torn between this because it went up 25 cents. So it went from 8.30 an hour to 8.55 an hour. So 25 cents an hour. Now, if you're making minimum wage, that 25 cents doesn't, amount to a whole lot. But I also understand that it's that minimum wage is supposed to be a minimum wage. It's supposed to be something that you work up from and it usually was designed for people starting out in the workforce, young people, that kind of thing. Right. We didn't know it was going to get to the point where it became you know, a living, for a lot of people, a living wage. But I think with the job market the way it is today, there are other opportunities for people to move on and make make more money. Manufacturing jobs that are open, all the things that are going on. The, the other part of this is that um, the minimum wage will rise for tipped employees, those who make tips, waitresses, bartenders it will also go up uh, from 415 an hour to 430 an hour so a little extra money per hour it's not what a lot of people want a lot of people want $15 an hour but what happens is you do $15 an hour then those jobs go away because the people that are paying minimum wage can't afford to keep hiring people or may have to dismiss people we talk about robots mm-hmm. being used in fast food places now, all those things. It, it, it starts forcing people to eliminate those jobs. Um, and so there's a, there's a double-edged sword to everything that we do as far as minimum wages. But um, I just, you know, it triggered that again. J. David Rest triggers a lot of things in me. <laughs> And, and he triggered that with with that part of it. Um, another thing I wanted to get into, I want to get into predictions a little bit, but um, I Googled bull season sucked. I actually Googled this. The words bull season, season sucked. sucked. I swear. <laughs> I Googled that term. And, and I found hundreds of articles going back as far as I only went back as far as 2013 but going back to 2013 writers were writing about how this bowl season sucked every bowl season from 2013 to now wow Uh, it did it did it does and it will continue now Imagine the high school playoffs, and I'm not going to beat on this 
the whole year, but but it's still fresh in my mind. Imagine the high school playoffs, including every school. Say we went to a high school playoff format that every school was in, and St. Ed's was playing Louis Hungry Five High School in the first round. Um, bowl seasons, in an effort to make money, the NCAA has just about done that with 80 teams out of 130 teams getting bowl invitations. It's like students getting a C average being considered for valedictorian, which could happen soon. Uh, It's like the Royals being invited to a wild card game. The thing is, these coaches and players of six and six teams know in their hearts that they don't deserve to be there. They just, you know, when you go six and six, you just want the season to end. You want to start over. If you're a senior, you didn't accomplish your goals. If you're an underclassman, you're ready to get on to next year. You don't want to play in a bowl game. The coaches know it. Everybody knows it. We're just mediocre. Right. And it's like you don't deserve to be there. And they live up to those expectations on national TV. And the playoffs, they were no better. They were no better. And I asked the question, what if Ohio State and Georgia were in this year's playoffs? What if Michigan maybe was in this year's playoffs? Would it have been, would it have made a difference? I don't really know. Right. I don't really know. I don't think so. But but, yeah. but, but I think you add that mix in. That makes it possible to be a little better. Notre Dame has once again shown us that they have no business being in the playoffs. And there will reach a point where this is going to hurt them. I don't care if they go undefeated or not again. Um, I, I just don't think... I, I it, They have to figure it out. They have to figure this out. Because if not... Let's just place right now, let's just say next January is going to be Clemson and Alabama again. Let's just say it. You know, it's almost like saying Mount Union is going to be in the national championship. Well, duh. Yeah. I don't have to have a crystal ball to see that. And, okay, we got to go. Wait a minute. Let me finish this, Sean. Can I? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. and what's with having bowl games after the two playoff games? You have you have the two major playoff games that everybody's looking forward to, and then you have bowl games afterwards. That's like bringing you a huge meal an hour after you just ate Thanksgiving dinner. I was full. I was done. After the two playoff games, I was done. I don't want to see bowl games after that. I don't care. That would, that would be like the NFL after this weekend, then turning around and having a Monday night game against yes. two teams that don't aren't in the playoffs. Bingo. Bingo. I'm done. At that stop. Play the bowl games first, play the playoffs, and then have the championship in that order. Because I don't want to see Texas play Georgia, LSU play UCF, Ohio State-Washington. Ohio State-Washington was a – I mean, I like watching it. But I don't want to watch it after the playoffs. I'm done. 
I'm done. Come on, admit it. Even if you're a diehard fan of any of those teams, you were exhausted and full and suffering from the same feeling as if you ate a pound of turkey. The Iowa State-Washington Elma Bowl game didn't even excite me. And I'm a huge fan. But I didn't want to, you know, I don't, I don't care about bowl games. When are we going to wise up? Next year, it will only grow. We'll eat it up. And we'll keep the gerbil wheel going. I think we need to stop. Stop. Wean ourselves off the bowl games. Do something else. Expand the playoffs. Stay tuned. I'll be back. Sit back and enjoy the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. I do want to bring this up before the bottom of the hour. And uh, a, a young man that I absolutely love and and uh, care for greatly, Canton's own Alex Simon, uh, was the subject of a great article in the December issue of Akron Life magazine as he... Uh, and, and this is, I, I say this to everyone, because he is an example of, of how people, what people, what we all should strive for, as he continues to be recognized for his willingness to take the gifts that he has been given and use them to build others up, encourage and nurture the lives of young and old. And I wrote Alec an email this week because of this, and I wanted to share this um, because these words really pertain to all of us. They were directed at him, but they're really directed to everybody. I wrote to him, you continue to make a difference. In life, there are always two ways to go. One is selfishly trying to get yours, And the other is getting yours by giving to others. What most never realize is the second way actually garners one so much more. You have discovered the correct way at an unbelievably early age, but it really doesn't matter, folks, what age you learn it. And with that, you have discovered the true meaning of life. You have already left a profound legacy, and your journey has just begun. To whom much is given, much is expected. Many have gifts, but few choose the difficult path you have taken in order to refine those gifts, make them your own, and create a form for them that actually enhances others' lives. When I say your gifts are a blessing, they are. But what you have chosen thus far to do with those blessings is a tribute to you as a man. All of us can learn a lesson from the life of Alex Simon and others like Pastor Walter Moss, Bill and Marcia Shearer, other people I know in the community who who have learned to give And then worry about, and not worry about what comes back, but things do come back. And so many more in our community. Taking God's gifts and being willing to enter the crucible of life in order to refine them, 
and then giving them to others. Not some, not those who think and act like them, but all. Congratulations to Alec for his recognition and continued recognition and everybody out there who has learned the lesson of life. I wanted to uh, to share that with you today. If I could, I love Alec. Um, I wanted to, uh, I, I, I don't know if I have time to get into this. You know what? Why don't we go to break early, Sean? Can we do that or no? I don't think Jay David's ready for news yet. Why? Well, all right. I want to get into this. Um, the Green Deal, and I'll continue it after we get after we come out of break. But um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who is the the senator, the congressman, congressperson from New York, the rep who just got elected, who is. Uh, Avowed socialist uh, doesn't you know, and I don't hate her for that. She is uh, she has a right to be who she is, and I, I you know I may I may like her as a person. Maybe she probably wouldn't like me. She probably would judge me, but maybe I'm being judgmental by saying that. But she has proposed a new rule change for the 116th Congress that would require the creation of a select committee for a Green Deal. Now, I don't know if this is going to go through, but it is responsible for creating a plan that by January 2020 would affect every company in America, would uh, raise taxes to 70%, 82% in New York. She's basically saying, all my fellow New Yorkers, for the top earners, watch them all move out. They're already moving out of New York already. I don't think this is going anywhere, but this is what she's proposing, and we'll get into details of that when we come back after the news and sports. You better believe it. It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. I am calling out around the world. Are you ready for a brand new beat? I don't know. I uh, I wanted to get into. I found this fascinating, and and I don't mind. I actually like people who don't hide who they are. Don't disguise it. Um, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the newest, uh, the incoming freshman uh, congresswoman from, uh, congressperson from New York, has come out with a plan called the uh, Green New Deal. And um, this basically is... What it comes down to in the scope of the mandate to change everything to green and all this, it gives legislative authority uh, through this, if it were passed, would give power to Washington over Americans' lives, homes, businesses, travel, banking, Every area of our lives. 
the 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 select committee this committee government committee have authority to develop detailed national industrial economic all across the board for eliminating greenhouse gas emissions but most of all taking control of every area of life it will mandate that uh, homes be upgraded businesses be upgraded overhauling travel public infrastructure even the way Americans consume electricity the plan leaves absolutely virtually no facet of American life untouched she even creates a national workforce a government workforce uh, a national jobs force to help people participate in a transition provide members of our society jobs to work in this government paid jobs to work in creating this all this infrastructure all the stuff that's going on the thing the the legislate the legislation that she is proposing in her first couple days basically says also that it includes universal income for all it includes medicare for all uh, and it goes even further talking about the labor market where the labor market should be, economic security, everything. Everything. Including how entrepreneurs start businesses and what they must go through to start a business. So she basically, this is an idea which she believes in. I give her credit for this. She believes in this. That basically the government would take over, this would be Venezuela. It would be a socialist economy, all stemming from one central government out to every aspect of our life, including overhauling each home and everything else. I find this, um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I like the fact that I would like us to move towards electric cars, things like that, if they're efficient, if they work. If we can charge them up in 30 minutes or 15 minutes or five minutes. You know, I don't want to sit at a gas pump for an hour and a half waiting for my car to charge and then fi- trying to find a place that charges it. You know, until we're ready for all these things, I'd like to see them. But to say that the government is going to do it, And on top of this, then, she wants to raise taxes up to 70% on the top 10%, up to 82% in New York. Now, here's the thing that I don't like about this. This is my... We already talk about people having purpose, and and we're going to get into this when, when we talk to Dr. Warren Farrell. The purpose void in men's lives. You create a you create a income, a guaranteed income to everybody. 
you take away the uh, you you punish the people that have created businesses and make money by taking 82% of their income or 70% of their income and you have a guaranteed income to everybody plus medicare to everybody what does that do to the purpose in people's lives what does that do uh for the people who you know there's going to be people who say look why do i want to start a business 70 percent of my income is going to go to the government i'm going to cap how how much i grow my business it's not worth it i'm not going to put the effort into risking everything i have to to start a business and then want to grow that business so the government could take 70%, I'm just going to stop and get my guaranteed income. And I'm going to be purposeless. It, dest- it, it destroys people. You see what's going on in Venezuela right now. You see what's going on in other parts of the world right now. But... Venezuela was a thriving economy, an oil producer. And they've got hyperinflation. They've got people out of work. They've got, you know, it was promised to be, okay, it's going to be great. It's going to be for all people. It destroyed Venezuela. And this is what is being proposed at this point uh, in our own country. And there are people who truly think this is the best thing. Human beings have to have a purpose. They have to have goals. We have to have a desire to achieve. We have to want to think outside the box box, and do things. And imagine what happens to a human being when you guarantee an income When you take everything that an entrepreneur or a business owner builds and you you just give everything away. You take and you give. That's socialism. And I'm going to tell you what. I've said this before. The only people, you notice the leaders in Venezuela are traveling around the world. They're eating at great restaurants. They're going to the The only people in a socialist economy that thrive are the people at the top who are making the decisions. Exactly. And and so I, I, I give her credit for backing up who she says she is. I do. She's young, and I think she's misguided. But... That's what she believes. But this is what we're dealing with more and more. We're going to deal with this more and more in our country. And I wonder how these people are going to think later on when they're in their 40s and 50s, because it usually changes a little bit. Well, you were talking earlier about the minimum wage, and I just had someone call. They didn't want to talk on air, but she said, she's like, mediocrity is already happening. People are settling for mediocrity. And it's like that with minimum wage. People are looking at going, well, I should get paid more. Instead of working harder to get a better paying job or moving up within the company, it's 
you know, well, you this should is, pay me more minimum wage. This is all I'm going to get. Right. That That is, we don't, and I said this to a, a I said this last Saturday, and I've said it to a couple people this week when I was talking about football. People only achieve what is expected of them, and young people especially. They only achieve what is expected. If our expectations for them are low, that's why I hate the the 1.0 in high school for playing football and stuff, for extracurricular. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think... You know, we have to expect more. And young people may not understand it. They may hate it. They hated me when I coached at first because, gosh, I can't do this. Well, you know what? You keep expecting it, and pretty soon it becomes real in their own lives. And then they go on to do other things. I said that about Johnny Majors last week when I interviewed him. You know, I hated you. I hated you. But, But I owe him so much because he helped me to realize that my expectations for myself were lower then. I, I think that's very important and we can't do that in, a, in our society. That's what makes America different. That's what makes America great. That's what makes democracy work. It's not always fair. It's not always pretty. But it allows people to thrive, to strive, and to reap the benefits of risking and taking risks and and achieving. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You'll be excited to hear it all. It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. I found this story fascinating. I don't know if if, uh, a lot of you read this. If you read it, I was appalled. Uh, The Cleveland Clinic actually fired a doctor last week. Um, The hospital in Cleveland reportedly fired a resident after it was discovered that she had been sharing anti-Semitic comments on social media. But not, I I mean, this goes over and above. This wasn't just sharing anti-Semitic comments. She uh, is no longer working at the Cleveland Clinic. She worked as a supervised resident at the clinic last year. And uh, she had a history of making anti-Semitic comments on social media for years, dating back to 2011. She reportedly called for violence against Jews in several tweets in which she also referred to Jews as dogs and compared Israel to Nazi, a Nazi regime. She also said on social media <clears throat> that she would purposely give all those Jews the wrong meds. She, I mean, this goes, she, she threatened to give them the wrong meds, she called them everything. And she was working as a doctor at the Cleveland Clinic, as a resident. Wow. I wonder if anybody else is going to hire her. Probably not. And it makes you in wonder. Palis- in Palestine, maybe. Was she being internet brave? or what, I mean, was she actually acting out on some of that stuff? I don't know. That's the thing. Right. 
I mean, that is unbelievable to me, and it happened at, at one of the our, our country's major medical institutions, the Cleveland Clinic. So they they um, they obviously got rid of her. But why didn't they know that before? Why don't they do? I, I thought part of background checks, especially for a doctor, should be something that goes into social media, what they believe. Right. Um, because that's dangerous. Think about that. Think about you just hire a person, and then you find out that person is advocating giving Jewish people wrong medicine purposely, and they just should die and violence against them and the whole thing. I thought that was that was a, a horrendous story, and and it totally the opposite of the things I mentioned earlier about Alex Simon and people like that. Right. And, and even, uh, you know, there, there's another story that came out this week that I, Michael Savage, who is a radio talk personality, he's a conservative. He's, he's very, um, he can be ab- abrasive. But he has, a, he has a, a talk show. But he has, he has had to go into hiding this week because of death threats he is receiving. He has uh, he has been uh, he goes to a, a regular restaurant and the people in the restaurant or the restaurant itself actually got a an email that uh, that said this. I demand that you refuse to allow Michael Savage in your blank restaurant again. He is a racist, white supremacist piece of don't want to listen to me. Well, I guess you're all going to die because I am waiting for the blank. I will wait and watch your business, and when I see him go in there, I'm going to start shooting everybody I can find. Now, I just told you about Alexandria Cortez. I respect her. I don't, I don't agree with her, but I respect her for her opinion, and she is actually true to who she says she is. She doesn't hide. Michael Savage is being uh, re- is receiving death threats along with the restaurant that he goes to merely because of his opinions and words. No other reason. There was a I don't know if you saw the YouTube thing Sean with the the uh, the vape store? No. Oh my gosh, you got to look it up. Vape store clerk. A guy walked in to buy something at a vape store and he was wearing a Donald Trump hat. And this guy, this clerk went off. And the guy, as it started going, turned on his phone and recorded it. And this guy is calling him, screaming at him, refusing him service cussing at him, screaming at him, losing his mind because a guy walked in with a Donald Trump hat. This is where we've come. Right. We can no longer talk. We can no longer talk. We can no longer agree 
to disagree and be friends. I'm friends with a lot of people who are different opinions than I do. Oh, absolutely. I love a lot of people right. that have different opinions than I do. You know, one of my best friends, we differ big time on politics. We don't talk about it. Well, but why not talk about it, Sean? We Because we know we it would cause a bigger argument. And plus, he's smarter than me. He'd beat me every time. But, you know, in, in, in the discussion or the debate or whatever, and... But we just know, hey, that part of our friendship, we just don't See, worry I, about it. Yeah. We, we talk about everything And else. I would suggest you don't bury who you are. Right. You don't, like, like Alexandria Cortez, she doesn't bury who she is. Don't bury, don't change who you are. You are, all of us are special, and you have different opinions. Share those, accept those. Agree to disagree about those, but don't hide. Talk about them. Even if it causes an argument, do it. Stay tuned. The week that, oh, by the way, we have a minute. Real quick, you have to hear this next interview. If you have a son, if you are a man struggling with things, you get a little bit of idea what's going on uh, and why this is happening with a man. Uh, Dr. Warren Farrell, who has written a book, The Boy Crisis. We're going to talk about that. We're going to interview him live from the West Coast right after this.